Sex Communication, a podcast of explicit audio and frank conversation. How do we talk about sex? How do we communicate during sex? Well, if you're here now, then you're going to find out. My name is Brianne McGuire, and each week I share an uncensored peek into the things we don't discuss. Sex. 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 I can't say the word sex. Sexy, sexy, sex stuff. Sex. Hello and welcome to episode 128. My guest today is Priscilla Augusto Jernigan. She's an author who just published the book, The Anonymous Soul, Who Am I? She sat down with me to talk about her experience surviving abuse, discrimination, and coming out to her very Catholic family. She also shares the nitty gritty about her sex life then and now, and how she and her wife navigate both identifying as sexually dominant. All right, so here we go. Let's get to it. So hello, Priscilla. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing pretty well. I don't know what the weather's like by you, but we're we're <laughs> getting storm weather, so it's dark oh. and romantic outside. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice. At least it's not snowy because it's snowing over <laughs> here. So there's snow on the ground in Colorado. <laughs> Got you. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yes. My name is Priscilla Augusto Jernigan. I am married to an amazing military wife. We have two Paul children. I'm a registered substance abuse therapist in the state of Colorado, but I was born and raised in New York. I recently just self-published a book on September 16th called The Anonymous Self. Gotcha. Tell me a little bit about the book, because I know the book, it's it's an autobiography, right? So I imagine a fair amount of your story that we'll get into is also in the book. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am. Yes. I just decided to write about 10 years ago, and I figured, why not write about my life? And hopefully spread self-awareness to others. Um, My book speaks about uh, surviving abuse, discrimination, family addiction, my coming out story and um, sexual abuse and just really trying to find um, my safe haven, which was my grandmother and my stepdad. Gotcha. How How did you learn about sex? How did you first become introduced to it? Was it something your family talked about or something you learned about from friends or school? Oh, no. I hope y'all ready. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, uh, I come from a Catholic family, so we're very, very religious. So I actually learned about sex through the porn channel. <laughs> so just really like at night, just going through the channels and I actually got caught watching it, um, which is extremely embarrassing at like the age of like 11 or 12. <laughs> And it happened to be three women. Mm -hmm. So trying to explain that um, (laughs) was not fun. It was really a quick lie that I knew that my grandpa knew it was a lie. And it was more of, uh, I don't know. I kind of just changed the channel and this is what it was. And (laughs) I tried to change it again. And it unfortunately didn't change. (laughs) (laughs) So... That's really how I came about learning about sex and feeling things that I was like, oh, okay, all right. Um, but no, it was never addressed in my household, ever. Gotcha. So, I mean, wh- what were your thoughts when you were that age and, and you saw porn? Because, I mean, especially now, there there's a lot more, I think, like, vocality about you know we don't want porn to be the sex ed for our kids but like in the absence of anything else that's helpful that's often the case but I mean for you to to come at that and that was your experience I mean what was it like was it something that you felt like seeing that and as the model did it affect you negatively or positively what was the the result (sighs) it affected me negatively because I think for me that's when I started to know, notice that I was interested in women. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, in my household is more Adam and Eve and you do what you're told and that's it. So yeah. for me, it was a lot of shame and guilt that came with it. Um, and I didn't really have any outlets to talk to someone like, hey, I'm feeling like this or I'm feeling like that. So it was really hushed hush, which really affected me, you know, through my adult years. Yeah. But I, I wonder, though, did it seeing that example, though, and it being so con- contradictory to what you 
you know, like the messages you were getting at home, was it something that where you were like, oh, this is actually normal? Like the fact that I'm seeing this on a porn channel made it normal to you? No, I was like, this is all bad. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yes. I was like, this is all bad. This is a sin. I don't, why am I watching this? But I was like literally glued to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Reason why I couldn't really change the channel fast enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it was like, uh-uh, that, that's shameful. They shouldn't be doing that. Why are they even doing that? You know, um, which raised up so much questions of, oh, this this kind of could be exciting, but I know it's wrong because that's what they tell me that that's absolutely wrong. And that's foul pond, which, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Yeah. Did you have the same feelings though when you, because I imagine a porn channel was showing a variety of things. So like if there was heteronormative sex, were you still having that same reaction? Yes. Right. Just because of the magnitude of mm. how they were having sex. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, is it really <laughs> like that? <laughs> because it wasn't even in my household. So I can't even tell you that I've like bumped into anyone uh, or any of my family members having sex. So to me, I was just like, wow, is, I guess um, this is what it is. And maybe that's why my grandmother's sheltering me <laughs> because this, is kind, this can be a little brutal. Mm. Um, so that's what I figured. Um, at the age of 10 and 11. So how, when, and when did, did it shift? Like the idea that it was wrong or, you know, you shouldn't be doing it. For me, I went into the, the case of, I call the efforts at like 15, 16. And I was like, man, I'm gonna just do what I want, you know, and whatever it is, who cares, you know? And, but a part of me, already knew it was wrong because my grandmother raised me to you only have sex when you're married right and I didn't even know if that was something I wanted to do um as an adult or even as a teenager trying to figure it out I'm like I don't know if I want to be a mom I don't know if I want to be with a man I don't know nothing yeah. you know yeah. so it was like really drilled in me and I was just like I don't even want to do this. I just want to explore and experiment. And I did a lot of that. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. So with, with men and women or one or the other? Or like oh, men and women, three sums, four sums, you name them sums. Um, I, was there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was down for the cause. Yeah. Um, but I think it went a lot with just me feeling depressed and isolated mm -hmm. and a lot of my anxiety and always trying to fit in. Yeah. Um, I've always used to be a people pleaser. So for me, it was like, oh, you want to have sex? Okay, great. Maybe that means that the person would stay and they won't go and they would love me. Um, but after that, I was just like, I don't even want to be with these people. Yeah. Um, and that to me was like, oh, what's going on with you? Because for me, I thought that was like a sense of, okay, love and affection. And 90% of the time, I'm like, I don't even, I hope this person doesn't even call me back. Mm. I guess again, and it went with the shame and guilt of you're not supposed to be doing this. Yeah. So um, do you feel like watching porn that young though, did it create false expectations for you about, you know, how, how you were supposed to be and react and how the other person was, you know, like, did it create any confusion there? It did. It did. Because I thought every woman was supposed to be like, okay, so this is kind of funny. So I thought when having sex with a woman, I was like, oh my God, why is she screaming so much? Like, I'm really not doing anything <laughs> that spectacular, but thank you. Um, so I was like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. So when I was having sex with other women and they were really not quiet, I was like, oh, I'm not doing my job. This is not right. Um, so yeah, so I thought this is how it's supposed to be. Even having sex with a man, I'm like, okay, I guess if he wants me to yell, I'm here screaming and moaning. Um, but half the time I was so detached from it that I was just like, okay, are we done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> Can I stop? It wasn't really, and the crazy part for me, I think because how porn came into my life that I really... Like, sometimes I have to, like, imagine, like, I'm in, like, a porn show, which is super crazy. Um, and I did that for so many years. 
So do you remember when you started getting pleasure from it or did you get pleasure from it right off the bat, even when you were, you know, feeling kind of detached and, and exploring and trying all these things? The only pleasure I got, honestly, was me masturbating. That was it. Yeah. Um, when I was having sex with a woman, it was just like, oh, cool. And when I had sex with a man, I was like, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So the only pleasure I had literally was for myself. Yeah. Um, and did you naturally start doing that or it was something that you also learned from porn? Uh, I seen it at porn and then I just ran with it. And I think I did it every day because mm -hmm. it felt so good. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it has to feel better when you with a man or with a woman, right? And that was not the gratification that I got. Like when I did my masturbation was that instant gratification right. versus when I had sex with other people, I just felt like I had to be whoever they wanted me to be. So if they wanted me to just moan and not talk, um, then I would do it. So that's just pretty much where I was at yeah. for years. But I mean, that's a really kind of uh, positive thing, though, that you you took to masturbation so early. I mean, I, I think it's kind of common with older people. I mean, I'm not saying you're older. I'm saying <laughs> I'm, I'm in my 40s now, but it's like, I, I don't know, it doesn't seem like the kids in high school right now have the same struggles, whereas like masturbation was never fucking brought up. And, yep. you know, it was something that I did, but like, I didn't even buy a sex toy until I was in my mid twenties. So, I mean, do you, do you feel like it was a positive thing that it, it's, it's to have that experience from such an early part that like you had all this time to really get in touch with yourself and understand what you wanted and what your body enjoyed and how it responded. Yes. Because now I'm able to say, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> you know, and I don't, I, I don't want to do it like that. I don't care who it is, what it is, you know, this is what I like. So let's meet in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, that's what we, we, we should do meet the person in the middle. So like for me and my wife, you know, I'm like, look, uh, this is how I like it. This is how you like it. Let's meet in the middle. <laughs> Yeah. So we're going to do. It. So I think it was a positive thing because now I don't have to close my eyes and pretend that I'm in a porn show. Right. If I want to touch myself and please myself, I could do that. Yeah. Um, and I can actually tell my spouse like, hey, I don't really care for that, you know, and it's not it has nothing to do with her. You see, it's really more of I'm not going to do that because I don't I don't have to do that. If I don't want to, I don't have to versus as a teenager was more like, well, you have to please people that that's your job. We have to take care of whoever we're with. And today I'm so thankful that I live different. Yeah. Uh, Cause would I generally be happy? Would I generally be able to say that I know myself and that I know my body? Yeah. So I, I know you, you mentioned abuse when you were, you know, talking about your book and, and kind of introducing yourself. Is that something you feel comfortable talking about? Oh, absolutely. Um, I was molested at 14. Mm. and it was it, they made it seem my family made it seem like I made it up in my mind so for many years I thought I made it up in my mind but in my heart I knew I didn't make it up you know and why would I make something up um so I struggled with that for so many years so actually when I published the book was the first time I actually told my story about being molested well, congratulations for the courage to do that. I know it's not easy. I, I was molested when I was, ugh, God, I feel like nine, eight years old or so. And wow. I never told anybody. So, I mean, I imagine you you shared it with your family. I mean, that's awful that they, they didn't believe you and you have that burden of like feeling like you have to question your own experience, you know? Right. And it, I struggled because he told me if I said anything, that he will kill my family, you know? So I try to, to hold it in, but I'm a very extrovert. I can't, secrets keep you sick. So I'd rather just tell you how it is and then we'll figure it out later. Yeah. Um, but that's my family, you know? So for many, many months, I just held it in and held it in until I, I accept that it was okay. Uh, I put it in my head that this is normal and this is how a relationship should be. And that's so unfortunate because 
I feel like a lot of people suffer from that. You know, what was hush hush that that didn't happen. Um, you made it up or it wasn't to that extent. And I'm just like, how do you know to what extent yeah. you don't even understand the pain and the suffering and for how many years I had to really be able to release that. And it took me about eight to nine years. Wow. And would you share it with part partners later in life or I mean, how, how did you deal with it as you grew up? For me, if I was in a serious relationship, I would talk about it. Um, unfortunately, my serious wasn't their seriousness. Mm-hmm. Um, I gravitated to a lot of abusive relationships, uh, emotional, physical, and I felt like, hey, they should know. So every time they would either drink or get high, they would throw it in my face mm-hmm. um, and say, well, you asked for it. You know, and I was like, I was 14, I was still a virgin. So I don't know how you can possibly ask for anything, you know, um, or it was like, well, you deserve that. And so after a while, I just said, you know what, let me just shut up because clearly um, they don't care. So why am I still struggling with this? Yeah. So the whole time you were growing up, though, I mean, so... I, I understand the messages you're, you're getting at home, but like when the idea of, of sex is kind of like in your, your universe, it's in the atmosphere, you know about it, you've, you've seen it mm-hmm. on this channel, you're starting to explore, like, was there any point where there was information you were getting at school that talked about contraception or STDs or mentioned abuse or like did you start to to come across other resources as you progressed in life around 15 or 16 my my biological mother um she was the first one I told yeah so she put me in this teen pregnancy uh which I loved Cause it was a lot of people just talking about sex and safe sex. You know, I feel like when your parents bring it up, it's so oddball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I don't have a close relationship at that time with my mom. Um, Cause she wasn't in my life. So when I came home one day and she just blew up condoms and put it on a banana to me, <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I was floored. I was like, what is going on here? And she's like, yeah, this is a condom. And I'm like, yeah, we need to do something better because um, <laughs> <laughs> this is not working. Uh, so she put me in this team. Um, it was called Team Pack. And I think I went to it like twice a week and just really, really was just so interested because I was like, wow, I, I would never know that you can wear a condom, you know, or all these STDs that are out there or teen pregnancy or just being pregnant. I didn't know anything. So I was so happy that I had a resource and other teens that were going through the same stuff that I was going through and also that was molested or just had a really shitty childhood. And for us to be able to connect, it was like my safe place, Um, but really receiving that education. And I stood with them for about two years. And it was like an after-school program? Or- yes, pretty much. Um, so like literally like once I got off of school, I would just go home, do whatever. And then like an hour later, just go to this place. Like it was like three blocks away. Um, and they took us to trips and they educated us. And we had like, it looked like a 12-step program. I don't know if you've ever been to a 12-step program, but you're just sitting there and talking and really processing and if seeing where other people are at. So that to me was so important because growing up, I was always isolated. I was always to myself. Uh, I had a hard time making friends. I was just like the weirdo in school. So nobody wanted to be around me. So to find people that were actually like, hey, this is how you should do it. This is a condom, you know, this is how you put it on. And this is, you know, what's going on with your body. It felt so safe because I was like, oh, I can actually talk about this, you know, without being judged, yeah. Uh, yeah. without saying that I'm going to hell. So that was a healthy and the, one of the best outlets ever that my mother could have ever provided. Yeah. Did they go into it all, like uh, the pleasure involved with sex? Because I, I know now, like, that's a big common thing. Like, yeah, there may be this education regarding kind of like the practical nature of it, but 
pleasure is hardly ever spoken about. <laughs> no, you're right. And they didn't. It was just make sure you don't have sex with a condom. If you have sex without a condom, you might get gonorrhea. Right. Um, so it wasn't like, hey, you know, if you put on the condom, you know, there that, that is it's going to be a little bit different. But because, you know, they didn't go into details about it. And I think people at that time was scared to say that sex was acceptable because yeah. we were teenagers. Um, so it was just mostly practice safe sex and that's it. If you're going to do it, do it. If you're not, don't just make sure you do it safe. Right. So when did you, and how did you come to terms with, you know, realizing for sure that like you're into women and that's your thing? Like, what was that process like for you? I've been into women since I was nine years old. (laughs) And, um, Again, I struggled. I was like, oh, this is not right. But I always said, I kissed a girl before I kissed a guy. But the first time I had sex with a woman, it was like the weirdest experience ever. Because <laughs> um, I was really intoxicated at 16. Hmm. And she was really, really, really beautiful. Um, but I can't tell you if I remembered it. Because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so it was one of those moments I woke up and I was like, I hope it's the same girl. Like, <laughs> if it is, like, kudos to me. Um, if it isn't, and I end up with her friend, um, who I didn't find attractive at all, then this is something you're going to just have to keep. <laughs> um, but I don't even remember. And then after that, I just was like, okay, I need, if I'm going to have sex, I need to make sure that I am sober. Um, and it felt so good. Because with a woman, I felt like I had more control because I'm a woman, you know? So I was like, oh, I know what she likes. Um, This felt good. And then when I started experimenting with toys, it was like one of the best things ever (laughs) Um, because it allowed me to have some form of control. Yeah. So did you know other gay people when you were a kid? Did you see it? Like, did you have people you could talk to about it? Like if you had questions or were the the people, the women you're having sex with, were they also exploring and maybe they weren't so sure that they were into women? Like, what was that like? I think 90% of the women I've had sex with um, all are straight, (laughs) will identify as straight. Yeah. I think it was more of an experiment for them. I didn't have anyone. I have an aunt. And she dresses, you know, kind of boyish, but I just thought that's what she likes to wear. Like, I didn't even fathom, oh, she might be gay or she might not. Of course, years later, I'm like, okay, that makes sense now. (laughs) But um, I was just like, she likes to be in baggy clothes. That's her style. I mean, that's how I met her. And to this day, that's how she is. So there was nothing different um, until I was, I want to say 15, um, my mother had a conversation with me and she said that she was gay. Yeah. And I remember taking a deep breath behind the hospital and it was like, thank the Lord. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and she just looked at me and was like, what's wrong? And I was like, nothing. Cause I held it for another year until I came out. Oh, wow. I would have thought that's the perfect opportunity to to share with her too. That's so surprising. No, because my mom has the worst timing ever. Um, But when she told me that, I was just like, okay. I was still processing and we wasn't close because I wasn't raised by my mother. So I didn't feel (laughs) like I had to tell her because the last time I opened my mouth and told her about my sexual abuse, it became this story. <laughs> so I was like, you are not going to dump anything else on this lady uh, because this is going to be a nightmare. So there was a lot of fear that came behind that because yeah. uh, I was just already scared because she was the first person I told about my sexual abuse. So I didn't want to repeat the same thing and her make it a big show um, for absolutely no reason because my grandmother was actually sick. Um, and on chemotherapy. So I didn't, I didn't think that was the time. No, that makes sense. It does. So what what was it like that when you you did come out, like what, what prompted you to be like, like, this is the time that I feel comfortable doing it? You know, how was that process? Unfortunately, I waited till my grandmother passed, um, because I know she was very, very, very religious. Um, And I, 
And I wouldn't be able to face that because that came with so much shame and guilt. So my mom, I think my mom already knew and had an idea. So she would bring me to like gay pride and some gay dances. And I was like, yes, in my (laughs) element. (laughs) So one day I just figured, I think I told my little sister first and (laughs) she was just like, okay, like that just came out of nowhere. Um, What do you do with this? And I was like, I don't know. I think we should tell mom. And she's like, okay. And my mom is very dramatic, just like I am. And she just was like, so I remember she was sitting in the bed. I was like, I have to talk to you and I have to tell you something. And I don't know how you're going to take it. And she was like, okay, tell me. And I was like, I don't know how to tell you. She's like, do you have an STD? And I was like, what? No. Uh, (laughs) Not that I know of. Uh, That was just really odd. She's like, you're pregnant? And I'm like, Jesus. I was like, no, mom. Um, I like women. She was like, girl, shit. I've been known that. (laughs) She was like, girl, I thought you were going to tell me something else. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I said, well, no, I just feel stupid. And I don't even know what to do with it. And she's like, well, you just better tell your older sister. Because that's who I was raised with. And I was like, um, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. But silly old me decided to put um, a picture of this beautiful girl that I was with on MySpace. And my sister called me and was like, what the hell is that? And I was like, what is what? (laughs) And she's like, why are you kissing another girl? And I was like, girl, you just assuming shit. And she's like, nope, Um, everybody can see this. And my mom looked at me and I looked at my mom and I was like, well, because, you know, like, I like girls. And she was like, you what? When did this happen? You know, because I we you only talk about guys. And I was like, yeah, because that's where we're supposed to go in our household. Right. You know, um, and she was like, well, I don't get it. Um, and I was like, well, I guess it's not for you to get. You know, I just hope you love me and you accept me and. I'm still figuring it out. So she's like, ah, you're just experimenting. Like when you get bored, that's what you do. And I'm like, well, maybe that's the case, but mm, I guess I'm still bored. (laughs) (laughs) That's a frustrating response. I need like that, you know, when you, you have the courage to share something really big and be vulnerable with somebody and then they just completely invalidate you. Like, why did I, yeah. And that's the part that I struggle with. It was just, why tell people anything? Because they're always going to just say, well, this is this is not how you feel. You know, um, let me tell you how you feel. So I was just like, okay. So I just, but even at that, when I told her, I still didn't care. Um, and I was still with women and I was still posting women. And I think she eventually just fell in line and was like, she's very, very private. Like my sisters are so private. Um, and I am the total opposite. I'm like, love me. Love is love. Love everybody. You know, <laughs> and they have a hard time with that because they're like, what the heck is wrong with her? Why is she like this? But we've learned how to accept. Like, I can't force you to say anything, but you may not like my lifestyle, but that's okay. And, you know, I'm very thankful that they both, they are okay with who I, who I'm, who I am and whatever decisions I decide to make. So how long have you been married? Is it something like a couple of years or this has been going on for a long time, this one relationship? like uh, Me and my wife are going on three years being married. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> She's my pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, I, and she comes from also uh, childhood trauma and stuff like that. So I think that's where we gravitated to one another. And um, she was also at that time was a therapist. So we couldn't ever shut up. Like when we met, I wanted to jump her bones and I told her, but um, she didn't really go for it. (laughs) She kind of looked at me like, "Uh, I just met you. And I was just like, you're fine. (laughs) You're, you look so good. (laughs) And she was like, oh, I've never had a girl like you. (laughs) That is so blunt. And I was like, well, um, either you're going to love me or you're going to run. And, um, she put a ring on it in six months. So I did something. (laughs) Well, that's great to find somebody that appreciates you just how you are. Yes. And we're total opposite. She's very, 
she she knows how to like mingle and interact, but I'm more the loud mouth and like, oh, let's let's talk about this. And she's more like, sometimes we should just chill. <laughs> <laughs> just chill. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I think we balance each other out very, very well. Yeah. So thinking back on like what you discovered when you were looking at sex and the things that kind of caught your eye and, and aroused you then and what arouses you now, like, is it kind of all not similar or the same thing, but maybe, but I mean, do you feel like your tastes or what really gets you going has changed a lot over the years? Like, well, what are the things that you were into versus what you're into now? <laughs> when I was a teenager, it was really just like, whatever, like, we have sex and we go about our business. Now I'm more of like, oh, I want to know about these toys and what they do. Uh, my wife still to this day, she she tells me I'm a, I'm a little much because I want to experiment with everything. I want you to um, tie me up and blindfold me. And she's like, what is going on with you? Um, because I guess I don't present myself like that, but who presents themselves like that anyways? Um, I have to do other things. So... I like some kinky stuff mm-hmm. and um, my wife is very conservative. So just trying to figure that out and where we meet in the middle. Um, I'm very dominant, but my wife is dominant. So we have to like find a balance because I'm used to being with women who are femmes um, that it's okay if I take control. So my wife identifies identifies herself as a stud um and a little bit about studs you know they they dress in the baggy clothes and it's more of their control so we have to find always a happy medium because I'm like I want to do this years, <laughs> she's like uh no I don't know who you did that with but that is not <laughs> flying over here and I'm like <clears throat> I'm like you're depriving me <laughs> and she's like okay so throughout the years she has been really vulnerable um and has said okay I'm willing to try this but don't ever think I'm gonna do this but (laughs) I'm open to learning and that's what I told her and I said I get it because I want to say I'm more I think we both think about sex all the time but I am more of like oh let's go let's do it you know I like the spontaneous sex Hmm. um with hers more of like, okay, what, what kind of spontaneous sex, you know? So I think she kind of, she wonders like, mm, I don't know what my wife is up to right now. So I'm just going to go with the flow and feel <laughs> her out. Uh, versus me, I'm just like, oh, you should put your strap on. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> and, okay. And some days I'm just like, I don't want that shit. Like, just go do your business. Like, I just want to be a little pillow princess and do nothing. Hmm. And she's like, okay. And then some days I'm just like, I just want you to watch me. Yeah. Um, I really, really, TMI, of course, get off on that. But the show is built for TMI. Don't worry about it. I know when she listens to this, she's going to say, what the? <laughs> <laughs> but I really enjoy pleasing myself and her watching. Yeah. That's really like I tell her if you want to get me going, girl, that is just the way. Because I guess that's just how I inclined with myself, you know. And just thinking about it, yeah, like I literally like the same thing um with self, you know, and, and masturbating and stuff like that. So I enjoy her watching and she actually enjoys watching too. So <laughs> then from there, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> let's do whatever. Um, and she's like, yes. Um, but I have to really get myself started. And I explained to her, like, it has nothing to do with you. And I'm so sorry, you know, because she always tells me, you take forever to come. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I don't know if that's something that I planted in my head since I was having sex at the age of 15. And I really think that's something that I was just like, oh, no, because if you come, like, that's it. Like, Honey, it's all she wrote from there because I want to go to sleep and I'm (laughs) over it. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then I probably hold on too long. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, this that's a very common thing. I think a lot of people struggle with that. But I'm I'm curious of two things that that came up. So this is very interesting situation for you that you both kind of identify as 
being the dominant uh, people in yeah. the relationship, right? So, okay, if she has a strap on, do you also have a strap on? Do you Hell share? no. No, no, really. She okay. tells me that is not on the books to not think about it. She says, if you're going to dream about it, dream about it, honey, because that's as far as you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and that's something that we compromise because I'm used to having a strap on and I'm used to pleasing women. Um, I've also pleased studs um, that labels themselves studs with strap ons. Um, and my wife is like, no. I don't know what stud you did that to. That's fine. I don't care. We're not doing that over here. Um, so I had to learn how to just <sighs> dim it down. Yeah. So there's no strap for me. And she said, especially if it's a colorful strap. <laughs> <laughs> She's not with it at all. <laughs> what would you say to people? Because I mean, I, I feel like there's so many. I mean, you could just write a book on the misconceptions about sex. I think a lot of people think, well, if you're using a strap on or something insertable where there's penetration involved at all, like, why don't you just have sex to, with a man? That's Which, so annoying. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, can you, can you talk about though, like why the, it's not the same thing at all? And like, one does not equate. <laughs> Look, I would say one is real. One is not. Is that simple? You know, and of course it's going to be different, but we have to be a, if you're open to it, then, Hey, you're open to it. You know, like my wife knows that's not my thing all the time, you mm. know, because I do, I don't label myself. So when people ask me like, are you a lesbian or this? I'm like, look, I, I love love. So if I want to have sex with a man, I would do that. If I want to have sex with a woman, I would do that. So a lot of people are like, oh, so you're pansexual. And I'm like, look, call it what you want to call it. Like I, I'm not, you're not going to force me to put a title on this, yeah. you know, because I love what I love. So <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of people will say, well, why are you having sex with a strap when you like men? And I'm like, because I'm married to a woman, um, who enjoys strap and I actually enjoy it from time to time. So why not? So yes, it feels completely different guys. It does. It really does. Okay. Um, but I feel if you find the one that suits your inside, you will be perfectly fine because yeah. they're not, they, they come in every color, right? Every shape. And they have like these textures. Now I recently, we just recently bought one and I was like, Ooh, this feels okay. <laughs> Okay, this 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 feel is not the real thing, but it, it, I guess it's gonna get as close as it is, and that's okay. Um, so to me, everybody's like, "Oh, but you could just have sex with a man," and I'm like, "And you're entitled to your opinion, and that's exactly what it is. It's just your opinion." Yeah, it's just a device for pleasure, and I yeah, people. It's just so annoying. I so much more to it. So I'm well now. You brought a, a whole other thing in my head because I'm thinking about um I went to sex down south well I can't even think when it happened now because time is so weird right now but um I know <laughs> there was a, a guy there who makes uh he he's like a one-man dildo making shop and I think the name is like uberimi or something it's kind of a weird name but he has like more traditional dildos but then he also does what he calls like the monster line I think or something and they're these really wacky uh, like sometimes they look like alien things or they're not necessarily wow. even kind of like related to something you can identify just these kind of abstract shapes. So you're making me think about that, but I also attended <laughs> this strap on workshop and my mind was fucking blown because like the whole time I'm thinking about strap ons and like my experience with it, you know, like a harness and right. the, the dildo is like relatively in the genital area. And they were talking about like how you can basically put them anywhere. And I was just yes. like, <laughs> thinking yes. about like imagining a person with strap on, like a, a harness on their face and, you know, maybe on their arms and like a whole bunch of people sitting on all these different dildos on one person's body. I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> But my question is, like, do you have you ever uh, played with it being anywhere other than like the typical traditional genital area? Uh, no, just because I haven't. You know what? But I'm not going to say I'm not open to it because <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't met anyone <laughs> that's like, hey, um, let's try it like this. You know, <laughs> I know they have like the sucky one that you could just put in your shower if you want and 
do all your bouncing, which I think that's <laughs> fabulous. Um, and that just like, I'm here listening to you. And I just started laughing because I remember a time I went to, it was like a house party and she identified as a stud as well, but I didn't know that she was going to actually wear her strap on um, underneath her clothes. Yeah. So like I'm dancing, you know, popping my butt and all <laughs> I feel is like this entire, I don't even know. It was just hard. Um, and I was like, what the heck is going on with this girl? Um, so it kind of like threw me off and I was just like, Hey, like, uh, I just feel like, I don't know what the heck is going on with you, but like, it don't feel right. <laughs> and she's like, no, I got my strap on. I was like, like on you. I'm like, is that even sanitized? Like, uh, no, I was like, girl, I have to go. And she was like, well, you know, I have to be ready. And I was just like, but in my mind at 16, it didn't even register. And I was just like, I really have to go. Um, <laughs> I was really, really disturbed because I, again, I've never experienced that. So I was just like, uh, that was a little strange. Um, but now I think about it. I'm like, well, that was smart. I guess you just whip it out, put your condom and go about your business. Um, yeah. Cool. But you should just give people a little heads up because <laughs> I know that you are a woman. So to me, I was like, what? Uh, no, 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 no. You know, needless to say that she did not get some that day. <laughs> so do you still, uh, do you still watch porn or that's something you kind of moved away from? I watch it here and there. Um, my wife also, I, I tell her like, hey, you want to watch it with me? And she's like, okay. So, but I'm not into it as I used to be. Just because like, okay, so this is my adult struggle now. So I'm like, is this even really realistic? Is this what people really do? Mm-hmm. You know, like this is their job, you know, so they're going to do what they're told to do. Right. So, and then I struggle with like, is this really authentic? Um, then I struggle with, oh my God, I'm just watching other people. This is somebody's daughter. You know, this is somebody's son. And um, so I try to gear away from it because I'm just like, yeah, no, um, cool, but no. Um, so that's something that I do struggle with right now is really more of like, I don't find it as pleasurable as when I was 14 years old. Gotcha. But what about like more, you know, like I'm using air quotes, like ethical porn, although, I mean, there is legitimate ethical, ethical porn. I don't want to dismiss it, but in, you know, places that they're independently funded and run and like they make sure that they have like diverse bodies and representation of different um you know sexualities and and gender uh presentations like crash pad series i know it's like getting uh, seems more and more press which is great i mean do you ever look into any of those or you no no because i'm just like "Mm, no because see me like if i like something i can stay glued to it so I don't really want to be addicted to nothing so I know because as I was a teen when I was a teenager you know for me I was like oh porn is a thing you know and I watched it so often that after a while it did become a problem for me like it was a thing for me like okay I'm gonna just go watch porn like if I was to watch the news um (laughs) every night so I tend to not really focus on it as much now so I just like to talk to my wife about like oh what do you, you know what you're in the mood to do you know yeah. um so now it's very sporadic I got you so I know when you were talking again in in your intro you talked um about abuse and you know when you were coming out but you also mentioned discrimination can you talk about how does that play into your sexuality at all or this is kind of you know like just more of everyday life experience we're talking Everyday life experience. I think for me, my struggle was my my dad. He's my stepdad. Um, he's Hispanic. I didn't know he was my stepdad till years later. Um, but in the Hispanic culture, they're very, very um, blunt. So like blunt to the point that you're just like, oh, that shit hurt. Um, so he always told me like, oh, that was just that's not acceptable. Like I'd rather have a whore as a daughter than a faggot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I struggled with that for years because this is my idol. Um, my book is dedicated to him and my grandmother, you know. So for many, many, many years, I struggled with that. So, you know, one day um, 
I just got tired of him saying, like, just talking shit about it. And I said, well, what are you going to do when your daughter is a fucking faggot and a whore? So here we are. And I kind of threw him off in the elevator. I don't think that was my best approach at 16. Um, and he just looked at me and was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, well, I like women and I also like men. And I like, I don't care if they're African-American, Caucasian, like I like them all, <laughs> all types. And he had a hard time for a very long time. Um, but thankfully, you know, he got to the point that he was just like, damn, you know, uh, I got to accept where, where my daughter is at, you know? And I think it just brings him a lot of flashbacks of my mom too. I look just like my mom. Um, and my mom, like I said, is also gay. So I think that just really brought, I don't know if what she did to this bad, but he, he's like, you remind me of your mother. And I'm just like, great. Well, when you say it in that tone, I know it wasn't good. Now he, like, he loves my wife. Um, he, he walked me down the aisle, you know, so his growth, man. And I think he just didn't know anybody that not that he didn't know any better, that's how he was raised. Yeah. You know, so as an adult, I can say, oh my God, that's how, you know, he was raised. And okay, you know, now he's able to call me and say, oh, what are you and your wife doing? You know, so versus, oh, you carving my chair. What are you doing? <laughs> so <laughs> it's different now. So yeah, that's the good part. So what is it like with your mom now? Are you guys? Like, is it something that you, you bond about that you have this shared experience? Yes. My mom is actually my best friend. Oh, she gosh. was just here about a week and a half ago and came to visit. And I was just, we're, we're, we're exactly the same. You know, now I understand when people are like, you're just like your mom. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, just the mannerism and just how extroverted we are. And, you know, I can call her and talk to her about anything and everything under the sun. You know, yeah. um, we talk about sex. You know, I, I texted her the other day, right? And it was so funny. I called her and it sounded like she was having sex, but I knew she was quarantined. <laughs> so it, it was like, oh, oh. And I was like, what the hell? Um, so I texted and I was like, I know you didn't answer the phone and just hung up in my face because uh, you're having sex. And she's like, are you, she's like, you're so stupid. I was putting on my socks. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I said, oh, I'm so sorry, mom. She's like, I am quarantined. But you know what? I can't wait to get some. Um, she's getting married next year to an, my amazing stepmother. She is amazing. And they balance each other out. And I'm so happy that they found each other because they literally, literally, literally balance each other out. Because they're night and day just like me and my wife. So. Well, you're just making me realize too how lucky you are to be quarantining with your partner. I always forget to like be envious of all the people with um like that are either married or living with their partners that you've got your built-in sex. Ugh. Anyway, exactly. I'm a bit. It's been since February or January. Like at this point, I can't even remember correctly, but whatever. I don't want to think about it. Um <laughs> Okay, let's not think about it. You know, okay, so I'll make you feel better. So because my wife is in the military, she's gone all the time. Uh, so <laughs> that does yeah. yeah, you see? So she was gone like a couple days ago and just came back. I want to say like yesterday. I can't even remember girl because she'd be gone so much yeah. that I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> so how do you guys handle that though when she's out of town? I mean, do you are you doing like sex Skype? <laughs> or uh, hell yeah <laughs> uh just the other day i was like look at these and i showed her my boobs <laughs> <laughs> and she's like heck yeah you know and i was just like mm -hmm. i mean we i have taught her like hey you know this is a marriage it is gonna we're gonna we're gonna figure it out you know um so if you're gone I'm going to send you naked pictures. Just I hope and pray that when you open it, um, you're not around your commander. So, <laughs> um, and I don't care. So like if she's in a tent and I masturbate and she, she would never, she's not down with that. Um, but she is so open to listening. <laughs> she's a good listener. <laughs> so I'm grateful for that. But I'm married and she's always gone 30 days at a time, 45 days. So, I have to make sure, well, we have to make sure that the marriage is still going. You know, I always say we married, not dead. 
Um, so <laughs> I'm going to make it work. So if she's gone, I send her some kitty cat pictures, some baby <laughs> pictures, and you know what? I'm like, yeah, I hope she gets it, or she'll get it three days later. And I'm just like, she's like, oh, I like the pictures. And I was like, what the heck are you talking about? Like, I'm working. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it keeps it interesting yeah. and it keeps it fun for sure. That sounds great. Are there other things that you want to make sure we, we touch on or you want to bring up? No, not really. I think we covered everything. Um, of course, it's just, it's just to, to spread awareness of, about sex and being comfortable, yeah. you know, and, you know, my, my book talks about just not feeling stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's, it's not okay what has happened to us, you know, but we're able to really not get stuck in our past and move to the future, however it is. You know, for me is being a therapist. For me is doing podcasts and talking about it, writing a book. So. Well, thank you for all of the things. I mean, I, I really enjoyed talking to you and um, I'm in a 12 step program. So like, I recognize a lot of the little phrases that I'm sure come up like in your substance abuse work. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) The like, I, I mean, it's kind of the same tenets and kind of what I base the podcast on and with the interviews is like everybody's story is valuable and it gives opportunity for somebody out there to identify. So thank you so much for sharing about everything you've been through and and survived and, you know, like look at you now. So thank you for sharing all these things with us. And, and, you know, the book, um, like I said, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. So that'd be perfect. Get you bigger audience. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be perfect. (laughs) Great. Thank you so much for talking with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, that's our show for this week. I always love when a guest is willing to share what others would consider to be TMI, because there's no such thing as too much information on this show. Anyway, as always, if you're interested in being a part of the show, you can just shoot me an email at sexcompod at gmail.com or submit a contact form through our website, sexcompod.com. Okay. I'll talk to you next week, and I wish you well. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sex Communication. Please subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like more information about the show, visit us online at sexcompod.com. That's S-E-X-C-O-M-P-O-D.com. If you'd like to be a part of the show, please email me at sexcompod at gmail.com. I am always looking for new sex audio and people to interview. It could be you.